0: Hi friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. Happy Monday! I hope you enjoyed our couple of weeks all about the next generation. I have loved your feedback, and I love doing these little themes. I think it'll be really fun. We've got another one coming up starting on Thursday. We're going to do the whole month of February is all couples. You guys, it is so fun. I can't wait for you to meet all these couples that we have business partners. Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, we've got all sorts of pairs coming for you this month in February. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Westrock Coffee. Westrock Coffee is the coffee with the beautiful, bright gold bag and the elephant logo. I'm sure you've seen it at the store. If you've ever wondered what this company is all about, they are dedicated to great coffee that changes lives. Westrock partners with farmers across the globe to offer access to loans, agricultural training, health care, and clean water sources. They always pay a fair price for their coffee based on its quality and the end result is strong sustainable growth in developing countries and a cup of coffee you can love everything about. You can find Westrock Coffee at your neighborhood Kroger store or go to westrockcoffee.com to find out where you can purchase Westrock Coffee locally. Hey, the music in the background it's from our friend Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you get a copy of his album Angst and Grace. I absolutely love it. Today on the show, I've been dying to have my friend on that you get to hear from today, Lisa Leonard. She makes incredibly beautiful jewelry is an excellent writer. I've been reading her blog for forever. And she has a new book that comes out actually tomorrow called Brave Love. I asked her to be on the show uh, a bunch of times last year. And she was like, let's just wait till Brave Love is out. And so I can tell that story. And that is what we do today. Now, listen, in all the years that I've done this podcast since 2014, we have never had the technical difficulties that Lisa and I had. So this episode may be a little bit shorter than you're used to, but trust me, we did the best we could. It was a mess, an absolute mess. And so this conversation is so fun and really interesting. And I, I can't wait to hear some of your feedback. And Lisa's new book, Brave Love, is just beautiful. And I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. And you aren't going to hear all the technical difficulties that we experienced, but just know they were there. They were there. So here's my conversation. We will not be deterred. We had it anyway. Technology does not win. I'm trying to kill this conversation. Here's my fun conversation with my dear friend, Miss Lisa Lisa Leonard. Okay, so let's talk about Encourage for just a minute, because when we started at Encourage, it really was like at the beginning of blogging, but you'd already been blogging before that, right?
1: I had been blogging, yeah. I met um, the ladies at Blistem, which is a blog conference, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know how I got in that group, but it was such an amazing group of ladies and such a sweet time. And you know, Blistem is coming back this year. I'm going. Are you going? Are
0: you? Um, Well, no, because I'm not traveling and speaking this fall. And so I'm not going to be there, but I may pop in and say hey to all y'all, but I'm not speaking or anything. Okay. Tell me why you started blogging.
1: I started blogging way back when the boys were toddlers and it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to blog and I just will keep my friends and family updated on what's happening in our lives. And maybe it could help me with the business. Like I, it's not that I never thought about it. I didn't think it would be a huge help to the business, but, um, I did wonder And it ended up being really the thing that helped us grow. The path of it is you
0: started the jewelry business first and then the blogging.
1: Right. Yeah. So I've been, I wasn't even on social media. I was just doing like local stuff, like home gatherings and that type of thing. And then started blogging. And that's how it expanded beyond local.
0: Okay. This is, I have so many questions, Lisa. Why do I not know this about you already in friendship? So what made you start doing the jewelry? Let's just keep going backwards. What even made you start making jewelry?
1: Well, our oldest son, David, was born with a disability and I was teaching special education and I was like, I felt like all day long I was helping kids with special needs and then coming home and I had my own baby with special needs and I'm like, I just need to mix this up. And so I started making jewelry first as like, just for myself and then like, oh, I'll make some friends. And then I took a basket of jewelry to the teacher's lounge where I worked and then like hosted, it kind of like evolved, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. To become a special ed teacher, did you feel like it was a gift that the Lord had opened your eyes to becoming a special ed teacher, or did you think, and then you had a special needs son, or did you think, this is super unfair?
1: I totally felt like it was a gift. Yeah,
0: really? Because
1: Steve and I had processed so much about what makes a person valuable and worthy, and it's not what we contribute. And Steve's your husband,
0: for people who don't know. Yeah,
1: Steve's my husband you know, it's not what we contribute to society or how successful we are, but just being a human being, you're loved by God and you're worthy and valuable. And so we had had deep conversations about this before David ever came along, which was really, I think, I mean, we definitely grieved and we were devastated when David was born, but I feel like maybe we had a little bit of a head start.
0: Yeah. It's just amazing. Isn't it? I did an interview today and, and the woman said, how do you know when God's changing your season? Like, how do you know how to watch for what's coming next. And I was like, well, the same way that summer goes to fall, like you just start to smell the air being different, you know?
1: Yeah. And sometimes I think the roots are being loosened. Like you can kind of feel it.
0: Yes, that's right. So I was wondering if there was some of that before David came along of God preparing you in ways that at the time you did not know, this is because I'm going to have a special needs son that will, right? correct me if I'm wrong, but live with you the rest of your life.
1: Right. No, that's true. I mean— I did have like maybe a month of total fear that I was going to have a child with special needs. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have a child with autism or I don't know, like Down syndrome or something. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of dissipated. And then when David was born, I mean, we were in shock and just grieving. And during my pregnancy, there's this Mexican place that was near our apartment called El Burrito Jr. And it was like so delicious. And we ate there like five times a week. Yeah. And the day that David was born, I started sobbing. And I was like, it was the El Burrito Jr. Like oh I ate gosh. too much El Burrito Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you're not really in your right mind, but you're just trying to figure out why, like, how did this happen? And what did I do?
0: Yeah. How did you get to the other side of that? Or do you still think you did something?
1: You know, we sat down with a geneticist when David was like seven days old. And he was this like beautiful soul. And he said to us, I just want you guys to know there's nothing you did to cause this, and there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. Wow. And I burst into tears because I felt so much guilt, you know? Right,
0: right. So when you look at other people's lives, and because I think there's so many of us who may not have a special needs child, but I bet a bunch of my friends do that are listening, but they do have something in life where they wonder, did I cause that? Yeah. So what do you say to the person who is asking God, did did I bring that upon myself? Like, did I— do this how did how did you pray after that
1: oh that's such a good question i really feel like the more i've processed and lived cuz there's so much fear like did i miss out which which way should i choose like oh i screwed this up or i should have done that you know so much regret i'm like you know what we are right where we're meant to be mm. like even if you made a mistake even if you did something like catastrophic god is going to use it to make you into the person he wants you to be. Like, I just think we can kind of let go of that fear.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like sometimes that fear keeps me from praying sometimes. yeah, and, and I know it's not true in my deepest heart, but there are times where you go like, what if I say the wrong thing? Or what if I did bring this on to us by praying something or doing something?
1: Right, that fear of making a mistake is like way more damaging than, you know, making a mistake. Right, I mean, almost every
0: time the fear will keep you from the good where at least if you tried, you give God a chance to catch you. Right. But if you don't try, you just stop. What a what a loss.
1: Yeah. I really believe God does not want us cowering in a corner praying for wisdom and praying for direction and praying that he'll show us the way. I really believe God is like go out and live your life and risk and make mistakes and my grace is sufficient. I'm going to cover you like feel free, like live free. And I am here, I will meet you in whatever you face.
0: So what does that look like for you to live free? Like, can you give me an example of what that would look like on a normal Monday?
1: I think one of the things on a normal Monday that I've really been practicing, and this might sound trite, but really for me it isn't. No, I'm sure it's not. speaking truth. So I am just one of my huge kind of light bulbs as I've been journeying in the last few years is that I've tried so hard to like, please people or say what I think they want to hear or make them happy. And I've done it in my marriage. I've done it with my kids. Mm. I just ended up so empty and desperate. And this is really what my book is about, but I'm just trying to say what I really think. So yeah. like, if Steve says, does this look okay? You know, about his outfit, if I don't like it, I'm just going to say like, you know what? I don't think it works. Like, and before I would have been like, you look great, you know? right, And, right, I'm like, right. and then of course, bigger stuff, like, that really hurt my feelings or look, I want this and it's going to be inconvenient for our family, but I want it. And I'm going to tell you what I want and need so that you can know the real me. Wow, Lisa. And that is like,
0: I feel like there are a lot of my friends who we're, we're kind of taught not to say what we want or have a really hard time in relationship saying what we really want.
1: I think as women, we're taught not to say what we really think and we're taught to be polite and to make people happy. And I really believed deep down that if I could make people happy, they would love me. Mm -hmm. Like that was my job and that was serving and that was being um, like a good person and a good wife. Yeah. I just think there's such a
0: unique problem
1: that, that
0: I don't know is a dude problem, but I would love if some guys are, when guys are listening to this, I'd love to hear, but I feel like not being able to say exactly what you want to other people is a pretty uniquely female problem.
1: I totally think it is. I, I absolutely I think we do it with each other. I think we do it with our family and our spouses. And I think we're taught to do it. I mean, do you feel like you were taught to be polite and kind of not make waves?
0: Yes, totally. Be. I mean, I even notice it in how people sit in public because the women sit like we're supposed to be smaller and men sit like they're supposed to be bigger. Yeah. You know, like we, we are taught to cross your legs and cross your arms and mm-hmm. take up less space and men sit like they're supposed to take up more space. Yeah. And I watch it on airplanes and I go like, oh, this, everyone is operating under the same system that I'm supposed to be smaller and they're supposed to be bigger.
1: Gosh, it's so like literal and heartbreaking.
0: Right? And so, and I, you know me, I'm a big fan of men. I think men are awesome. And I don't want to sit like a man on an airplane. I don't want to be different in the way I sit, but I do recognize that even in that, there is something written inside of me that says, you don't get to take up more space than them. So do not emotionally take up more space either.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I don't even think, I don't think it's men's fault. Oh, 0%. I think it's just
0: what is in us, right? Yeah, it's
1: like this like cultural phenomenon that I think there's more awareness around it than there used to be. But mm-hmm. I mean, when it's so ingrained, it's hard to even identify. Right,
0: I know. I think the exact same thing. So how did you, how did you, change towards yourself when you started saying what you really wanted? What's the biggest thing you saw shift?
1: I think I felt like I was really disappearing when Mm -hmm. I wasn't saying what I wanted and needed. And when I started saying it, I mean, it was terrifying. Like I felt like I was jumping off a cliff to say, I was, I'm like, this really feels like it shouldn't be so hard. But, you know, like engaging in conflict and saying something, I'm like, I don't know if Steve is going to love me if I say this.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, because
1: I we separated for a bit. So one of the big things was I told him I want to separate. And I mean, I'm like, this could literally be the end of our marriage. Yeah. And so that felt like cliff jumping for sure. Yeah. But I felt like terrified in the moment. And then pretty quickly afterwards, this sense of grounding, like I am a person and I am representing myself and saying what I need, and yeah. it's not to hurt anybody else. It's because I have real feelings.
0: That's right. That's right. I had a similar-ish experience, a little bit different, where I like asked a man if he wanted to hang out with me, uh-huh. and I've never done that before. It wasn't like asked him on a date. I just said like, "Hey, do you want to get?" And I have never done that in my life. And what I said immediately to my friends who were with me, because of course we did as group think, is I was like, "I feel so." beautiful and strong right now. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels like this, like, Oh, not that I'm going to always do that. But that one time, much like what you're saying is, is when you say what you want,
1: it actually makes you feel more like you. Yes. I mean, when we let people see the realest, truest parts of us, it's terrifying. I mean, It's like walking outside naked and like, this is me, you know? Uh And uh I don't know what you're going to think about it. Right. And if you don't like it, then it's like, am I worth anything, you know? Right, right. But when we decide, like, hey, I matter and I'm going to see myself, even if you decide you're not going to see me, I'm going to see myself. I'm going to believe that I'm worth it. And it's weird because there's this, this, um, something happens that's not, you know, like we think we're depending on other people, but so much of it is internal and we're just, we're not seeing ourselves.
0: Man, that's beautiful. I don't care if you see me. I'm going to decide to see me. That's hugely saying. Yeah, and that's
1: power, right? Yeah, because it
0: actually doesn't even make you stop being feminine or stop being a Christian or stop being polite and kind. It just makes you feel like you. What I have noticed in me, and you can tell me if that you've noticed this too, is that my art is better and my relationships are better. And what God and I have is better when I am more open about what I really want.
1: Yeah, totally. I think, you know, when Steve and I went through our separation and then we've been in counseling and we both did week long intensives at this place called The Meadows. Yeah. And when we were entering into that season, I really felt like I need to understand how to deal with Steve and his crap because I don't like the way he treats me and I don't, I don't know how to like be in this marriage. Yeah. And as I worked through it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've been pointing the finger at him. When really, like, I need to do me. I need to take Mm -hmm. care of me and decide Mm -hmm. what I want and say what I want and stop trying to please him and be me and let him deal with him.
0: Yeah, my counselor said to me a couple of weeks ago, like, your job is to love other people but manage yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. We have so much power. Hey, friends, just wanted to
0: interrupt to say thanks to our new partner, our new sponsor, Flamingo. Listen, Flamingo is getting real with us, talking about women and body hair. Body hair is a reality, and shaving is a big investment for women. The average woman spends over $10,000 in two months of her lifetime removing hair. There is a collection of women at Harry's, which is a brand that reinvented shaving for men, that saw an opportunity to create better hair removal solutions for women. The Flamingo team interviewed thousands of women about their body care routines and designed products for every step of your hair removal routine. I love the name Flamingo because it's like a nod to that one-legged pose you make in the shower when you're shaving your legs, right? Are you with me, gals? And so it's like a Flamingo standing. I thought that was really cute. So Flamingo wants you to enjoy shaving in 2019. So my friends can get the Flamingo shave set, a $22 value today, just for $16 plus free shipping The Flamingo shave set includes an ergonomic weighted razor with a textured grip and hydrating aloe strip. And the Flamingo razor is actually available in three colors with metal accents. They are so cute. It looks really good in your bathroom. It's two five-blade cartridges made to the same standard as men's at the Harry's factory in Germany that work for all the places you shave. Legs, knees, armpits, bikini lines, wherever. Foaming shave gel is also included with aloe vera, body lotion that hydrates and exfoliates for smoother skin over time, plus a hook to store your razor in the shower and a reusable travel pouch, which I find very helpful because you don't want to like cut yourself when you're just reaching around in your kit. So all products are cruelty-free and made without parabens, sulfates, mineral oils, or petrochemicals, which I think is really, really important. So get a set with all your shave essentials from Flamingo, the brand that Vogue, Glamour, and Fast Company are all talking about. A $22 value today for just $16 plus free shipping when you visit shopflamingo.com slash Annie. That's right. Visit shopflamingo.com slash Annie. And remember, it's Flamingo just like the bird because that's how we have to stand in the shower when we're shaving our legs. So shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Okay, so is this all in your new book, by the way? Do we get to read all about this in in Brave Love? It's all in the book. Yes, good. Okay, it comes out tomorrow, by the way.
1: Yeah, so exciting. I'm I'm terrified. Are you really? Is that how you feel? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I, like, yes, I have had... Like when I got the book for the first time and held it in my hands, I like got in bed and cried. I'm like, I feel so exposed and scared. Yeah, I get that. Does it feel different than the
0: jewelry? Because you've been doing jewelry for over a decade now, right?
1: Yeah, jewelry is not. I mean, I think it was like really risky at first, you know, and now I've been doing it long enough that it's not so scary. But the book feels next level.
0: Tell me, back me up again one more time. Sorry. What year did you start the jewelry and what year did you start blogging?
1: Jewelry, I started in about 2007 and I think blogging probably in 2008. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. I'm about the same. And then I think we
0: jumped in with Encourage in 2009, maybe eight or nine, pretty early.
1: Yeah, pretty early, which they were so forward thinking.
0: Oh my gosh. They were, yes, literally just to collect up a bunch of us who didn't have books, who didn't have much of anything except blogs. And let us write together and travel together. It was just so fun.
1: It was so fun. I am so impressed with Stephanie and Holly. They really they are visionaries.
0: Right. I am a hundred percent sure that they saw stuff that that we couldn't see yet. And I like watching them both now, Holly Girth and Stephanie Bryant, because they are still innovating in their own ways. I'm like, y'all are just smart. Yep. Okay. So was there a time, I think this is really interesting because I want to talk about brave love, but was there a time when jewelry was scary to do? And was there a time when blogging was scary to do on your own blog? Like, do you feel like each step you've been a little bit braver than the last one?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember going to get my business license and I was, I told Steve like, yeah, I'm going to go get a business license today. And it was like, no big deal. And then I'm parking the car at city hall and I feel this extreme sense of dread. Like I don't want to do this. I'm terrified. And just walking into the building, I'm like, they're going to say, we don't give business licenses to people like you. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's so vulnerable to put yourself out there.
0: Right. I feel that too, with new things I'm building and things I've built before the next thing I always, because I think about you doing brave love and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Lisa, that's like, of course you needed to write a book. I've thought you've been blogging for forever and you're so creative. I love the book. So what made it finally the right time to write a book?
1: You know, I think I was approached by an agent who's amazing. And so that I had just said, I was working with an executive coach and I had just said a couple weeks earlier, you know, I think I might want to write a book. And then I was approached by an agent. So, you know, like, like we were talking earlier, when things start coming together and you're like, ooh, it feels like something maybe ha- is happening yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And I texted you, if you remember, and I was like, hey, what do you know about this agent? And you were like, she's amazing. Yes. Yeah, lots of things came together. And then, you know, the ball just started rolling. How long did it take you to write the book? I think it probably took me about a year. I mean, yeah. probably like literally writing, it took me a week. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the emotional process right? was like 15 years. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, I believe that. And so kind of tell us real quick what Brave Love is about.
1: So when I describe Brave Love, the book, I describe it as the birth of our boys and our oldest son has a disability. So kind of journeying through that And then the birth of our business, my husband and I own Lisa Leonard Designs, which is jewelry and gifts. And uh, we have another brand now, Steve and David Leonard, which is his. Yeah. And then the rebirth of our marriage, because we had a marriage crisis and kind of walked through that. And that part was really the hardest to write.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What kind of conversations did you have to have with Steve in order to write about that part of your story?
1: I didn't even know how to tell the story for the longest time. I'm like, it was pretty fresh and it's so vulnerable. And I was like, I don't know how to tell this story without like me sounding like a jerk and him sounding like a jerk. And so I really one day I was like, I'm just gonna write down everything I thought and felt. Oh wow. And really just try to tell it from my perspective. Not talk about him or his story, because he's working on a book, so he can do that. Yeah. But um really just talk about my journey and and then I had him read it all because I'm like, you've yes. got to read this and make sure you're comfortable with everything. And he really was open, which is, I think, so big of him. It was a process.
0: Yeah. Talk about that because a lot of times people want something that people ask me a lot when they're writing books is how do I write about the people in my life? And I always say if they are alive and you're in communication, you need to get permission. They need to be able to read everything yeah. before it publishes. But it also is, was important to me in all my books to write the truth as I understood it and I experienced it, even if that meant they disagreed with it when they read it.
1: Yeah. You know, Anne Lamott says if they wanted to look better, they should have behaved better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: Right. Loosely quoted.
0: that's right. but she also says to write like your parents are dead, and I don't agree with that either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to have a relationship with my parents, so
0: <laughs> right, exactly. They, my parents are luckily luckily for me, my parents are very alive. yeah, and I want to have a relationship with them for as long as we all shall be on the planet.
1: yeah. you know what i I think it's so hard to edit while we're writing, right. but if if I was just allowed to write whatever, like no matter how dark and ugly and awful and real and vulnerable, like I'm just gonna write it down. And then we can go back and we can pull it back where it's too raw. Or if there's something Steve's not comfortable, we can just take that part out, you know. So trying to write without editing was really how the book got written because it's terrifying. And if you try to monitor yourself as you're going, you're never going to do it.
0: Right. That's exactly right. I feel like so many writers get stuck editing themselves before they get the whole story even out.
1: Totally. And I mean, I really wanted to write the real stuff. Like, like, I want to write the book I would want to read. Like, tell me. What it was like at the darkest. Like, how did you feel? What, How did you get through it? Like, I want to know what was it like? I want to know I'm not alone.
0: Yeah. You know, my friend Cameron was saying the other day that it's a real unique thing in female Christian writing to expose your stories. That is not what... Like men are writing about leadership or Christian disciplines or spirituality. And a lot of times women are writing the depths of their story. Why do you think that is? Why is that such a big deal to us to read about the truth of other women's
1: lives? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think that's where we really connect. I think men need more of that, you know? Like mm-hmm. if we're honest with each other, then we're, we know we're not alone because so much of it is just being human.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> and just telling the true stories. Do you think when you were writing Brave Love, did you think about men reading it or did you mostly think about women reading it?
1: That's so funny because I really didn't think about men reading it. I really thought about women. Yeah. And so I've had some men read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that just feels so vulnerable. But I'm like, well, maybe it can help them understand their wives and friends. and Because I mean, As vulnerable as it is for me, I know I'm not the only woman that's felt this way.
0: Yeah, that's right. I did a radio show last week, and one of the guys on the show, Bill, on the morning cruise had read Remember God, Uh and he was like, I was really into it, Annie. It was so good until your second OBGYN appointment. I was like, (laughs) totally fair. I was like, I knew what I was doing, and I felt bad about it in the moment that I was writing about two
1: of those. Well, you know, he's just got to build up to it. This is life. That's right. Welcome to (laughs) it. I know. He's
0: married with kids. He knows. But I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Bill. Even when you were writing, were there pieces that surprised you about what you learned about yourself or what you learned about God? I always feel like I leave a writing process different than when I started.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, too. I mean, yes, definitely. It's like this therapeutic process. And also... Like I was on Instagram the other day and there was this quote I was reading and I was like, that is so good. And I liked it. And then I realized it was my quote. Oh my and gosh. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd, you know? But I, I think my own words can come back and encourage me.
0: Yeah, that, oh man, that's really cool. Okay, so tomorrow with your first book releasing, you've seen, a ton of our friends have released books. You've watched us do it for years. How does it feel now that it's your book?
1: I have so much more respect for you guys. It is just such a scary process. I'm like worried about letting the publisher down and worried we won't have enough sales and then worried what people will think and then super excited and it's like such a huge thing and it's such a mix of emotions but overall it's really exciting and I'm totally thrilled.
0: Yeah. And let me give you this is my number one piece of advice when a book comes out the night before it comes out so tonight Monday night you need to do like a fun dinner to celebrate the book before it ever gets sold, before you ever have any numbers. And just to celebrate that you wrote a book and published it and finished it.
1: I love that. Okay, I'll do it.
0: So y'all need to like plan. I do it with every book. I'm like the, the actual big party is not after the book releases. It's the night before. Yeah. Because what we want to celebrate is, is being called to a work or an art or a creative thing and finishing it.
1: Totally. I love that. And I think, you know, I've had a few friends say this, book, like God's going to do what he's going to do. And I just need, like, I I did the work and, you know, I've put the, I'm putting the book out there and I'm marketing on social media and all that. And now let's just let it be what it's going to be. And I hope it will encourage people. That's exactly right. So who is it
0: that you hope it encourages? Who do you think will gain the most from picking this up?
1: I think about the woman who feels unseen in her life, And maybe she feels unseen by her husband or friends or family or in her job. And I hope that as she reads the book, she can start to see herself and realize that's who needs to see her most. And then from there, make change. So
0: you don't care if she's married or single or young or old, just someone who feels like there's a part of her life where she is invisible.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I really hope it'll resonate whether you have kids or not, married or not. It's so hard to be human and so hard to be honest in our humanity, to admit when we're wrong, to see our weaknesses, to just really look at ourselves full on. Mm-hmm. And so I really hope that my journey will encourage other other women and people. Like, I wrote a blog post a few years ago about our marriage breakdown, and a woman left a comment on my blog, and she said, um, this morning I took off my wedding ring. And then I w- read your blog post and I put it back on.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I was like, whoa, like if it can just encourage someone and I'm not trying to save marriages. I mean, I'm just like, this is my journey. And so here's the real stuff. Like it, there are no easy answers, it's totally messy and crazy, but you can do it. Like you can be in it and you can be honest and real and show up and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that's beautiful. So will you, are, what's the dream? Are you going to keep writing books?
1: <laughs> What's the is dream? Are gonna keep going? I don't know. I do have um I'm working on a kid's book, so oh, that'll I be love super it. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there'll be um a couple more books at least. Yeah. Okay. Yay, girl. You just love to make How stuff. How about you, Annie? What's your
0: dream? Well, you know, I'd love to start doing taking some of the podcast stuff that we do audio and do some video with it.
1: Oh, that's like great. so we're
0: just that's the dream is can we make this into where it where people who love hearing it would also love some seeing some of it too.
1: Oh my gosh. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And I you have such an amazing podcast and you're so talented. Oh thanks, friend.
0: That's really kind. Totally. Of
1: you. It's really fun. What other do you listen to other shows? Are there any other podcasts
0: you're loving right now?
1: I've been listening to so many that I've been doing. Um, let's see. I mean, one is the the leaders of on site, a married oh, couple. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, well, you mean um Miles Adcox yes. and Ruthie Lindsay. Yes. That's- yes, it's
0: not his wife. It's it's a friend, not his wife. But yes, okay, Miles and Ruthie's show is so good.
1: Oh my gosh. It's really yeah. it's so good and powerful. Now, how do you know on-site? Actually, Steve, my husband went to on-site and he would be fine with me telling you that. Yeah. And then we both did the Meadows, which is a similar kind of program. Yeah. Is the Meadows
0: out close to you? Because you're out in California. Is the Meadows out there?
1: The Meadows is outside of Phoenix, so it's a little okay. closer to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the reason you decide to make that investment for yourself?
1: Well, the reason I decided to go to the Meadows was so that I could fix Steve. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up really getting a good look at myself. Um, the idea behind the program is to really take a look at like, why do we, like what unhealthy practices, false beliefs am I living out in my life that are causing difficulties and making my relationship strain and really taking a look at like childhood and any trauma that I need to deal with. Yeah. So, kind of going back to those dark places and really working through some of that, and it—I mean, it is an intense week, but I cannot believe how much I grew. Right.
0: Listen, I feel the same way. I, I our listeners have often heard me say that I feel like on site was one of the more like life shifting things I will ever do for myself.
1: It's so awesome. They say it's like a year of therapy. Yeah. And I think it might be more than that. Really? You think so? <laughs> because there's, there's this like momentum that happens when yeah. you really dig in and go to those, you know, really honest, real places. Yeah. And um, you can't really get that in an hour a week. Like it's hard to get continuity. Right. I mean, you can do it. And I totally recommend weekly therapy and I do it. But um, there's something really special about like a week long intensive and I would highly recommend it
0: yeah. for anyone. Me too. I think whether you're in the middle of a crisis or you are just breathing, it's it, wherever you are in that spectrum, <laughs> it is the, it is the right thing to do to invest in your own mental health and emotional health like that. Okay. So tell me how you and Steve are now. How are the boys now? Like where, for those of us who are doing
1: great. I mean, I would say that we have more conflict in our marriage and more fun. Yeah. So I think it's a much healthier um, marriage, which is awesome. The boys are doing great. They're getting so big. They're 15 and 16 years old. Yeah. And, you know, having a 16-year-old with a disability is definitely intense. And David is amazing. It's lots of fun. But we're still changing diapers and spoon feeding. So those things, there's a strain around it. Right. Right. And Matthias is incredible. He just started high school and he's like really blooming.
0: Yeah. It blows my mind that he started high school because in my mind, I mean, I feel like I saw him when he was five or six or something. So it's just crazy to think that they've grown up that much. I know. Okay. So Lisa, with the book coming out tomorrow, tell me like, for starters, our friends are going to get it because it's going to be such, I mean, it's just a beautiful book to read. It's called Brave Love. But but also what what would you want if people were to pray for you tomorrow for the book release? What are you hoping that God will do? What would you love to people to pray for, for you and your family?
1: Oh, thank you. I think, um, pray for peace and that I'll just step into, you know, what's happening and just be present. And then also just pray protection over our marriage. I just think these kind of things are just so, um, they're big and stressful. And so my marriage is much more important than a book release.
0: Amen to that sister. I mean, that is I was talking with a friend today and we talked about that scripture. You can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. Yes. It's just never going to be worth it to me. Totally. (laughs) To Ah. lose relationships or my soul or my health uh, and gain the world. It's just never going to be a trade. that I I hope I never make. Um, Okay. So the last question we always ask that I've got to know is what sounds fun to you? What is fun for Lisa Leonard and her people?
1: Oh gosh. Okay. We love eating out and seeing movies and we're really big on like binge watching a Netflix show. And making cookies in the evening. Right now, like with all the stress, what sounds really fun to me is like two nights alone in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I could just be alone and lay in a bed and order room service, that sounds so yeah, fun. Yeah, that sounds nice. Okay, tell me what, are y'all binging something great on Netflix right now? We've been watching Arrow, which is like a Marvel superhero. Yes. It's like, I think it's 10 million seasons long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. So I know. we've been watching that for like, A year. Oh, my gosh. Arrow. Okay, I haven't even heard of it. What's the superhero? Who is he? It's the Green Arrow. He's an archer, and he basically has to save the world from destruction like every episode. Yeah,
0: for sure. Every time. It is amazing how much the world gets saved, and we never know if it is like what we see on superhero movies.
1: We just walk along thinking nothing's happening, and there are superheroes working really hard. Who knew? (laughs) Right. Um, What kind of cookies do y'all make? Do you have like a favorite recipe? We just do chocolate chip cookies like the Toll House. Yeah. um, Um, little like, you know, you can buy a little tub at the grocery store. So we're not super fancy. Yeah, no,
0: (laughs) I like it. I respect it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. I just love you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Annie. You're the best. Oh, I'm so thankful for her and for her words and her thoughts. And my brain is just kind of spinning and thinking about it. So thanks to Lisa for being on the show. Make sure you follow her all over the place. She is at Lisa Leonard on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to find her and her website lisaleonard.com is where you can go to get the jewelry and if you order today there is a like a pre-order gift. And so my advice would be don't wait till tomorrow to order Brave Love. Go ahead and do it today and then you get the pre-sale little prize as well that's really really beautiful. So make sure you grab that from your favorite local retailer, Amazon or Lifeway or Barnes & Noble wherever you love to get books. Go ahead and grab a copy of Brave Love. If you have any thoughts, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. F is for finally got that podcast done because I've wanted her on forever and technology tried to kill us. So today, F and Annie F. Downs is for finally it happened. And I'm so, so grateful. Also, if you get a chance and can rate and review the show, it really matters it really helps and helps the show get in front of the eyes of people who may not find us. Otherwise, they would love being friends with us. So make sure you do that. If you get a chance and share the show with someone, you know, that might really enjoy this conversation and coming up on Thursday, you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you knew it happened. We are going to have Knox and Jamie from the podcast. No better way to start couples month. to start with these two yahoos who I adore and think so, so highly of. So make sure you're here on Thursday to hear from Knox and Jamie. You guys have a great week. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same and I will see you on Thursday.